All right. <laughs> That's that was uh. I don't know. Part one out of ten of Eddie's uh, soon to be released. That was actually uh, <laughs> Goebbels, Goebbels first. Uh, Eddie Goebel was born in Austria, but he was raised in Germany, where he studied music yeah. at the the Kaiser's Palace. All and, I had was a fiddle in a cold room. Yeah, and they told him to play, and and, and play and play. He did. <laughs> you know, played his way all the way up to the Kaiser's court. That's right. Uh, yeah. So. There's a story. Or wait, we should, yeah, we, we should introduce the podcast. We should introduce the podcast. Uh, this is Carnegie Natural episode uh, 16? 15? 16. 15? 16. 16. Uh, Sweet 16. Sweet. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, shit. I messed it up. It's episode 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. I love perfect squares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reference to a past podcast. Reference to a past podcast. If you know, you know. This is Carnegie Natural, Naked Afraid. Untamed. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, all right. This is Josh. I'm Tim. I'm Liam. <laughs> and I'm Eddie. We actually, uh, hopefully the quality is good, but uh, Liam is dialed in right now. We have Robo Liam. On the we podcast. have Robo Liam. Uh, we have uh, Eddie's laptop uh, with him on Zoom, and he's playing through uh, some speakers. So it's as if he's here. Through audio. That's right. We can even see him. We can even see him. You can't, though. You can't. You don't have that. You don't have that capability. But if you could see him now, my oh my, you'd be shedding real tears. (laughs) (laughs) He's wearing my Gaio shirt. He's wearing his Gaio shirt. All right, Eddie, what's your story? That's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So that was was me in the intro playing the violin. Uh, It was actually an electric violin. And the story behind that was... Uh, so, two years ago, during my sophomore year, um, there was a post in For Sale at CMU, which is, uh, CMU's, uh, for sale page, mostly students who are selling stuff they don't need or want or whatever, and there was a post for a electric violin, and it looks pretty cool, because unlike, like, a regular violin, it doesn't, it's not, like, wooden with a hollow base, it's, like, uh, it's like metal, I guess. Is it? It doesn't have a like an internal like frame for like acoustics or something. Yeah, it's like basically there are giant holes that you can see right through it. Um, so it looks pretty cool, and it was fifty dollars, and I had this, I saw this post and I I had to have it. <laughs> the price seemed good. I looked it up. It was like that was less than the retail, and I was like, I'm gonna learn how to play the electric violin. That's gonna be like my thing. Um. Uh, I even, I consulted my sisters who are pretty musical and said like, this seems cool, right? I should totally do this. And so I bought it. Um, and that was probably my like third time even trying to play it at all. Um, never, <laughs> now, never, never quite got into it, but, um, it's on, it's on my mantle. Uh, cause it looks, it, lo- it looks cool. So that's pretty much yeah. what I use it for. It looks cool. It also looks very difficult to, to learn how to play. Like, yeah. There, there are no frets. On it, no. or on any violins, really, I don't think. So, I also thought it looked very... I thought it had been here far before your time in this house. No, I bought it. So, my sister, who majored in music and teaches it, so she teaches violin, she, like, was looking at it and fiddling with it, and she was like, 
if you actually wanted to play this, it is extraordinarily out of tune, out of tune, and you would have to like tune this thing for like several minutes a day before you could even think about playing it. And like, oh, you'd have to upgrade the bow. Like this is like unplayably bad. And so that was like, that was kind of the nail in the coffin of my hopes. Don't to, you have uh, to like plug it in? Oh yeah, well to amplify it. So like you can still hear it, oh. but like you can plug it into like I can plug it into my speakers and it would just like be louder. Oh, just, that's cool. Yeah, but it still has to be tuned. Yeah, it's not like uh, yeah, because it just basically just amplifies it. I think. Uh, can you add effects to it? Like, can you get like one of those like just like floor pedals? And yeah, can you like riff the violin? <laughs> <laughs> I know about as much as you guys do. <laughs> There's an aux cord <laughs> that you can put into this thing. <laughs> I guess you could probably do these things if you tried. Yeah. I mean, it's... I feel like you should get into it. It seems like... <sighs> it's tough. It seems like it could be worth yeah. the time. You got, you got time, you know? Yeah. I have a lot of time. And, <laughs> um, maybe I'll use it to learn the violin. But right. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, you have it right on your mantle, front and center. So it's like... I can imagine there's a lot of times when you're in here and you just look at it and you're just like, nope, not today. Well, but it's not, <laughs> not really like that. It. It's like a decoration, and I've accepted that. And it's also funny because if people like walk in, they're like, "Like, what's a violin doing there?" I'm like, "There's, there's no real reason. I just think it looks, <laughs> it looks cool. It does. It's nice. Yeah. You might have to loosen that bowstring, or else it's gonna go bad. If you don't use the bowstring for a while, like you don't want to have it be tight. Yeah, I, I as the uh, podcast mechanical engineer can can uh, agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just my brother and my two younger sisters are violin players, or they were. I was trumpet guy, but... Were uh, you really? Yeah. Back I didn't peg you for a brass player. <laughs> fifth grade through eighth grade. I was I was decent for an eighth grader. There was definitely, like, you know, like, in your what middle... What do you mean for an eighth grader? In your like, middle school band, like, you have... Like, I mean, I took trumpet lessons for, like, seventh and eighth grade. Uh, and I actually practiced. But in, like, seven, in eighth grade, like, or there's, like, I don't know, like, maybe six trumpet players in eighth grade band or something and like i would say i was in the it was either me or this other guy that were pretty good like we always got the a part and everyone else got the b part mm -hmm. big flex right there uh yeah. there's definitely i was also in band i played the trumpet as well for six, whoa, six through 12th i think grade. i knew this but yeah six through twelfth grade mm -hmm. um and like yeah especially in middle school there's like well in high school like maybe it was more pronounced it was more unspoken in middle school but i feel like there's like a hierarchy of like how good you are at the trumpet and it's like you know, where you sit and stuff like that. And it's definitely kind of like a, a pride thing, especially yeah. at that age, I feel like. Yeah. Kids compare each other, themselves to each other, so it's... Well, what always happened is that if you, like, play for too long, you get some, uh, like, weak lips. Oh, like, for sure. Like, yeah, that's big. If you, if you play a song, yeah, yeah with trumpet, like, just because you have to blow with your lips, and, like, the range of tunes that you have to play with trumpet, like, the higher you go, just the harder it is, because you, you have to apply, like, more pressure. Like, basically, you can play... You can kind of play uh, a, almost an octave by using the same pressure of your lips and just changing the, the finger positions. Mm -hmm. But like when you want to go higher, you like kind of do the same things, but with or do the same like key patterns, but with like just playing higher. So like mm -hmm. I don't know if you play like a high like D or something. I don't know what key. <laughs> like above above the uh, bar, like uh, of the music bar is like what the yeah. <laughs> what is going on like my my little baby lips hurt yeah and it, it was like especially like <laughs> i at least was not i didn't practice much and i wasn't very good so um like your lips can get shot and yeah. so it's like 
it gets to a point sometimes where it's like you can't even like make a good sound out of the trumpet anymore because your lips are just fried. It's can't, like if you like can't even play G. You know, sprinted and your legs are like completely dead and it like hurts yeah. to walk. It's like it's like that, but it's your mouth and you just can't yeah. blow into a trumpet anymore. I tried playing my friend's clarinet one time in high school, and they're like the reeds that you have to put onto the mouth part of it. It's like a little wooden string. Yeah, you gotta you gotta like suck on it for like. It tastes nasty. Yeah, because like you, uh, you just put you have did a you strip put, of wood in your mouth? Did you put their reed in your mouth? No, it wasn't your reed. <laughs> okay, thank God. They have flavored reeds. <laughs> they do. My sister had some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's, like, because you have to, like, prepare the reed, so, like, you just see, like, a bunch of band kids just, like, with these pieces of, like, wood chip in Licking their mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Come to think of it, I can't imagine that the, like, cherry-flavored ones were actually any good. But I feel like if you were... My, so, the same sister, who's very musical, like, she majored in clarinet performance in college. Um, so she's put a lot of clarinet. But I, I would imagine it's kind of, like... Probably an acquired taste. Like you come to like like the taste of a good read. <laughs> good. You're like, oh, like the cinder at night with your friends. Nice sycamore. <laughs> Some solid oak. I got these imported from Cuba. <laughs> They're actually reads. illegal, but I smuggled them in. <laughs> no, yeah, I never, I never did band. I attempted to. If I, if I did any instrument, it would have been drums because I learned how to play like band drums when I was in middle school, and like. It really wasn't that difficult, but it was just kind of fun to just like learn how to do like yeah. the uh, all the different ratatats and yeah. the all that stuff. But I never got into band. There's like, yeah. I, I yeah I I I, I channeled my energies more rebelliously, and me and two of my friends attempted to start a band in high school. <laughs> It infamously didn't turn into much. We we it was like loaded diaper from yeah. <laughs> Did your band have a name? Yeah, it was uh, the diocese. I like it. <laughs> it was yeah, die spelled like die. No, like diocese, like a Catholic. Diocese. No, I know, I know, but I thought you were gonna like it's like the die. Of no, and then it was like a yeah death die. metal band. Yeah. <laughs> no, it should have been. It like we thought it was funny because it sounded like it would be some like hardcore death metal band, but it was just because we were all Catholic school kids, and we we just played like really light like electronic music, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it. Yeah, it was... Should have been, like, the Chats. <laughs> the official punk band of Carnegie Natural, the Chats. Yeah, the Chats. We'll talk about the Chats. Bus little. Money. Yeah, if you... Uh, the Clap. I definitely would give a strong recommendation to any music lovers out there that the Chats, they slap. They shred. If you, if you don't know much about Aussie uh, punk rock... Uh, you don't need to. It'll, you don't need to, and it will rock your world, literally... It, it's yeah. uh, Smoko. Smoko's a little, a uh, little basic, Josh. But I think uh, so. I mean, that's their top one. But it's it's their biggest hit. Yeah. Bus Eddie, money. Bus money. Is, last I think, week, their it, first full length album came out. Actually. Really. So. Man. Full length is in fourteen songs in twenty eight minutes. But <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that the clap is my favorite. Clap song. <laughs> where it's just a song where the guy's like, "I've got the clap." <laughs> he says it over and over again, and he says, "I've got the clap," and then the back like the other guys say he's got the clap and then that's like it's like it's a very short song but yeah i like the uh chicken schnitty one personally pup feed so how is this band discovered eddie 
Uh, you were you um, introduced them to me. I thought, did Hunter find it? No, actually, it was Harry. Oh, that makes sense too. When we were on when we were so, on our road trip journey. Yeah, over spring break. Um, so I was in the car with Hunter and Harry, and I th- I think Harry had so he had known about them, and he was on the Ox, and he had so he played he played Smoko, and we didn't really like react to it much, but we all definitely enjoyed it. Um, and then like it might have been like. At least hours, if not like a day later, in the trip, um, another song by them played. This one I think was, it was either, I think it was Bus Money, but it could have been Pub Feed, and then like we could tell it was the same band. So then we like, so it was like, wow, this band's awesome. Um, like that Smoka song was pretty was pretty cool, and then like, we got to our like, one like one of our first th- destinations of our road trip. And we spent a lot of the evening like watching music videos from this band, the Chats, and uh, yeah, that trip we we got really into the band, and uh, that's how it started. Yeah, I first heard uh, song. <laughs> I first heard Bus Money like a couple weeks ago. I I wasn't on that spring break trip with you guys, so I was here at home. Uh, Pret- mind, mind retrospectively, it was probably not a super intelligent break. Well, you guys didn't catch Corona, so we didn't catch it. But we like literally everything went down while we were just chilling on the beach. Everything changed. <laughs> we came back to a completely different Pittsburgh. That's right. After yeah. the now we got like ladies yelling at us to like social distance. There's like I think I'm pretty sure our neighbors are like like very suspicious of us going back and forth between these two houses. Like they th- they think we're like not safe. Like my dad was uh dropping off food for me because that's what he does. Uh, and, like, I was just talking with them, like, from a safe, I guess they, they, it was funny because they dropped the food off on the porch and then called me, and then I came, brought my food in, I stood on top of the porch, and they stood at the bottom of the steps, and we talked, like, 10 feet away, <laughs> away from each other. I don't know. I mean, we still both touched the food, so I don't know what the big deal is. Or maybe they're more worried about catching it from me than, uh, me catching it from them. But, like, this, like, lady, like, from across the street, like, came outside, and like goes to my parents and is like, I saw that you touched the handrail, and she's like, those guys like they aren't being safe about coronavirus. Like you have to wash your hands like right now, or like get some hand sanitizer. And I was like, well, you're being a bit uh accusatory there. And she's like, she's like, yeah, like you guys like I know that you all just like get together in groups and like go over to like Aldi and Giant Eagle like. And then she was, she she made this sound like yuck. <laughs> Is, like, he, is even that being frowned upon at this point? Going I guess yeah, I was like, how else am I going to eat food? <clears throat> I, I mean, I mean I was, people are delivering. I don't know. Like, is it to the point where like we should be delivering groceries? Is that the question? Maybe I don't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how to respond. So my dad, just like being uh being the fifty something year old man, being around the same age as this lady, was like, yeah, like this is what I'm your doing. Your dad was there. Yeah, my dad was there. <laughs> oh wow! Was, I had <laughs> completely changes. Yeah, I mean, she's my mom. This lady was telling my parents that they had to put hand sanitizer on their hands. Cause they touched the handrail on our porch and yeah, like they, like we're, we're, we're all, this house is unclean <laughs> cause we're, uh, we like travel back and forth between, uh, the duplex, which is like the, the two houses we have for our non-CMU listeners. I mean, the idea is that we're just sort of living in a bubble and like we've accepted the fact that whatever happens to one yeah. person will happen to the group. Yeah, the only people we I've interacted with... We haven't really been going outside of that bubble. Have been... have Or, like, yeah, less than, like, ten people, I guess, which is, like, the... 
recommend not in the yeah, all this there's some there's some breaches in the bubble but they uh, have not been uh serious <laughs> the bubble hasn't popped the bubble hasn't popped i don't have the virus uh yeah i mean talking about the virus is pretty lame because i'm sure everyone just thinks about it it might be something cool to listen to when you're like you're 2030 new decade and you'll look back Short grandkids, short, the stories short grandkids, the Carnegie Natural podcast. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be weird to have back then. I know, like back. Uh, I know my dad has like a bunch of like like uh, like audio cassette tapes. Oh, uh, that I I think like what they would do is that they would just like go out to like some like college party and then they just like show back. They show up back in their room and just put the audio cassette tape in and start recording audio. And it's just them, just, like, audio them just, like, goofing off and, like, yelling at each other for, like, two hours until one of them, like, remembers to turn it off. And, like, it's, like, I don't think my dad would have ever been able to remember, like, whatever they were doing until he listened to those tapes. And he'd be, like, oh, yeah, like, this is one of my friends, like, like, is locked out of his room. And so now he's sticking his head out the window and, like, screaming down. And I was, like, this is, like, 30-something years ago. <laughs> and he's, like, I don't know. So, like, maybe uh, when you listen to this podcast when you're uh, 52 years old you'll be able to think like oh yeah this is when uh liam was on the laptop right there uh <laughs> dialed in i mean i kind of like the idea the it's like it's some history it's like vocal journaling where yeah. we're just recording our our thoughts and stories for yeah Everyone, to sell them eventually yeah <laughs> every once in a while i record like a. I guess it's like a diary log in this readme file in my uh hidden deep in my macbook pro but like as of late they've been kind of lame because i haven't been doing anything is it audio or you type it oh it's just typed oh yeah it's just text that's like i think that's a good thing to do journaling yeah so like yeah they're not too great recently i feel like back like i wrote i wrote i started doing it like junior like early junior year and those ones are interesting because i would just like randomly like in like one on days i would just go from start of day to end of day and just describe it in detail and i would go to a lot of places but now it's just like yeah i spent the the whole day writing my os kernel didn't leave the house because of the virus and that's that is it so do you do this daily no i wish i did it daily but sometimes i don't like because like whenever i start writing it's like a long time like i just i write a lot of like because there's like i don't know things to describe uh, sometimes you can go back and like write stories before you forget them, which I think is good, but they're not as good as writing them down as soon as they happened. True. Yeah. But it's better than nothing. Yeah. It's also funny to read things that you wrote like a long time ago. I think I want it cause I know like I have good logs from a uh, like log run for cross like those running log. Cause those are pretty accurate to like things like that happened every day. Cause like even over my last summer over my Google internship, I would just write what I was doing at Google. Like on long run and so i need to like yeah. port those over and put them in eventually you're gonna you know when i'm old i'll have an autobiography <laughs> I compiled of those notes yeah i mean i was recently i was reading these memoirs of people and it seems that like these people that write memoirs don't like something like say like okay i'm gonna write a memoir like what are all the stories i have and write all the stories they usually like have like a diary that they can use to like compile a memoir together yeah so if i do become rich and famous I will need this. Well, this will be when you have your Wikipedia page. Yeah, when I have my Wikipedia page <laughs> and I have to like write things like this is what Josh experienced through childhood, early life, uh, middle life, late life, and death. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the biggest challenge is just, like, starting. Like, I've never been able to convince myself to write stuff down. Uh, I, I just, like, yeah. It's, like, it's not hard when you just type it in. Yeah. I just have a, yeah, I have a big uh, markdown file. I don't know. I mean, you say you like... lines long. <laughs> you like to go back and, like, read stuff that you've already written. It, it, it's, it's kind of, it's just kind of funny, because, like, some of them are just, like... Because usually, like, it makes it interesting to write, like, certain event happened, how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. And then you read it now, and you're like, why did I even feel that way? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, this person... Well, I mean, it's like, you're so in the moment, you're, you're just, like, like, feeling emotions, like, like, from that, like, incident, like... Yeah. That you can't really feel again. You're like, this person uh, said this to me, I was sad. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and you're, you're like, no, I'm not that sad. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, I guess that's a good idea. Yeah. It's good to also, I mean, you can go back and, like, observe different themes. Or, like, if things, I mean, when I was in middle school. Like, you're journaling in middle school? No, but, and when I was in middle school, what I used to do is I used to keep a dream log for, like, I only did it for a couple weeks. Oh, okay. And so I had, like. Those get weird. I had I don't maybe, like I had maybe, like, six dreams that I had recorded. Yeah. Yeah, and those were, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, the problem with, like, when you write, when you keep, like, a diary kind of log. You can kind of write into it any time, but when you keep a dream log, you have to write like when you wake up, or else it's just oh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be quality. You forget about it in like a yeah. matter of seconds. So like I don't know, dream logs are interesting because like there's always just like people that you just never think about, but your brain's thinking about. That's the thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I I always thought like I tried doing it. And I was just like this is so weird. I'm just writing about like random people that were in my dreams right now in a notebook. Like I don't really like. I, this is this is so strange (laughs) one thing one thing that always like struck me about dreams that i just thought of is like when you when you dream about someone and like they say something in your dream that's like in character and it like in your dream you're caught off guard by what they say that experience happens to me somewhat frequently and it's like pretty like interesting i think because it's like i never would have thought i don't think i would have ever conjured up this saying this phrase or whatever and yet your I, brain thought my subconscious it. <laughs> did and it's like totally fitting of what someone like this other person would say but like i can't picture myself like i, I like i woke up and i remembered in my dream someone saying this and i thought that's a very weak like interesting thing to say but it, it was novel to me and yet my subconscious is what like came up with it it like blows my mind a little bit meanwhile i know in josh's dream <laughs> That one time when I just, like, fought you. Oh, yeah, one time, that one, I totally forgot about that dream. That does happen. That life. dream where I was just in my house in Mount Lebanon, and I was, sure, like, I guess that would be predictable. I was, I was walking to my backyard, and you just show up, and you just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> and, like, I remember, I remember because you just punched me in the face and, like, broke my nose. And then you, like, you, like, yeah, like... I broke your nose, bitch. And then like, <laughs> so and then like, that was like, I don't remember anything. Else. I don't think, I just remember holding that. Like, I, eventually I probably like woke up because that was when I remember the dream. I like, I touched my nose to make sure it's still there <laughs> after Tim like crushed it with his fists. Oh man. Yeah. I told you that's, that's a whack dream. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, dreams are whack. Cause like, that's just <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they're pretty accurate to like your brain, your, your like kind of perception of their personality and like your brain does its best to like recreate it. And then sometimes they're just like, 
the personality just does not fit. Like Tim is beating the crap out of me. <laughs> in my maybe it's from our, our from our from our wrestling. We fought a lot. We fought. I guess that's got to be part of it. But, but it's never been out of just rage. Like yeah, it's not. Tim has never said those words to me. I broke your nose, bitch. <laughs> and my like it's like it's funny because it's like almost like speech like synthesis like. That's a, a hard. Your uh, brain is like imagining the exact tones and timbres of. Uh, yeah, like you're. I didn't even think it's like you're. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that's not that insane because you have that data in your head. Like you're just listening to people all the time. Your brain gets. No, I know. It's just annoying because uh, computer scientists struggle to do speech synthesis all the time, and your brain just does it. Though it's also like it might not be that that voice in your head is actually totally accurate to that person's voice. It's just that your brain believes it is, and so you believe it is. I mean, there's, there's many common, like, you know, like in dreams when you try to run and you can't run or like, I have a lot of dreams where like I'm doing something and I'm like really cozy, but it's because I'm sleeping in a bed. So like, I'm never cold in dreams really, <laughs> rarely, unless yeah. I'm like not under covers, but. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like dreams are usually. I also can't drive in dreams. They, I feel like they usually trend towards like negative emotions. Like it's usually like like anxiety or like nervousness or like scared sophomore year i was plagued with nightmares but not necessarily nightmares but usually like stuff just usually goes like wrong like strangely wrong because like i don't know no like, it's... I mean, you, like you were saying there's a lot of different like I, I feel like there's a lot of things that like happen that people claim to be like correlated to like actual like issues that you're going through like if you're like your teeth are falling out like, oh my teeth always fall out you feel like right. you're losing control of your life like that's what that means or like if you're in an elevator that's like falling like it means your like your career is falling apart. I don't know. <laughs> no. there, there's random thing. I mean, I know that like what annoys me a lot about dreams is that like the dream always starts out with like a certain like goal in mind. Like I think I once had a dream where like it was like things were shutting down because of uh, the coronavirus, and I had to get to like my friend's house to like I don't know like pick something up and that's how the dream started and i start moving that way but then the brain just takes you on this total different course and next thing i know like i'm like in the ocean like not in not in <laughs> Pittsburgh. pretty random like yeah like fighting like a sea monster and so like and then you wake up and you're like whatever happened to picking up the thing in my friend's house like what i don't know where to go why does the brain think that who knows so have you ever lucid dreamed uh, i i used to Lucid dream happens to me often if uh, if you wake up and then go back to sleep. Really? Because then you're like kind of still awake. Is that just for you or in general? Uh, I it guess might be. Kind of it's what it's what it's what works for me. Because I used to back freshman year, uh, I would nap a lot in the day because I would always like stay up late night with uh, with Eddie working on uh, these like CS math assignments, and like I'd show up at like two. 3.30 and then like wake up for like a 9.30 a.m. lecture and then after that like go back and nap for like for, like 30 minute 20 minute intervals and like during all those moments I would very often lucid dream about something interesting I mean I feel like I definitely I, like I've woken up from a dream and then like thought about it for a half a second and then gone back to bed and then, and then like resumed the dream but with new newfound reason newfound like you like because like you, you've had like time to like like you know what you want to do you wake up your rational like, mind wish... is like going through it and you're like wait a second like i need to do this yeah and you yeah. go back into it and you like do that yeah I've that's, done, that's very strange. i've done that as well 
uh, I mean, I've gone. I, I my favorite is when you are sleeping or trying to sleep, thinking about something, and then you start dreaming about it immediately. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like kind of a tactic, it's like for, choosing your channels for falling asleep. When I, whenever I, I'm going to bed, like I like sort of like the way that I make myself fall asleep is I try to like pretend that I'm dreaming and I just like imagine like a outlandish scenario that I'm in. Like I'll be like <laughs> running like from like bad guys and I'm like a spy or something like something <laughs> ridiculous or like I'm in a forest like just like some really cartoonish scenario and that yeah. usually just gets my brain going. You're always uh, way cooler in your dreams than you are in real life. Yeah. Which is why uh... yeah I'm always wearing shades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta wait, Liam. What what's uh? How do you dream? I I don't know. I don't dream very often, or at least I don't remember it. Uh-oh. But when I do, it's usually pretty vivid. Like what? Like what do I dream about? Yeah, like what's a vivid dream you've had? <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like it's it's usually based on like TV shows I've seen. Like, I think, like, maybe a couple weeks ago, I was dreaming about, like, Game of Thrones. Have I ever been in your dreams? Probably. I, I don't know. I, it's pretty safe to say you've all been in several of my dreams. I dream about, like... You're a big people dreamer? Yeah, but also, yeah, I think, like, the people I'm, are like, around lately, I tend to dream about. Like, so, like, when I'm in Pittsburgh, like, the Pittsburgh people, I, I dream about a lot. I think the problem with me is I dream about people, not, like, I, it's, like... People that I have not thought about in a long time are the, people that, that too, are yeah. the people that show up in my dreams the most often. I like that as well, yeah. For me, it'll be, like, the random kid who I did homework with in, like, geometry in 10th grade. Yeah, there'll be, like, people, like, from, like, middle school that I have not seen since. Like, not even people who I was close to sometimes. Just, yeah, like, just random people. And they'll, like, spend, like, the entire dream as, like, my best friend. And, like... <laughs> and then, like, I'll wake up and be like, wow, what what could have been? <laughs> Just go, like, DM them. <laughs> like, hey, I, it's, like, three in the morning. You wake up in the middle of the night, like, hey, I miss you, baby. <laughs> Come back to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so, like, the is it true that if you write down your dreams, it makes you, like, a better dreamer? Like, you can lose a dream on, like, command? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of theories. Uh, I once did a theory. I probably have told you this before where I tried to... It was like the technique to lucid dream was to drink a lot of apple juice, eat a lot of almonds, because they said that's like, they're inside them are the nutrients that your brain needs to dream, and you have to go to sleep to bed and just stay very, very still. Like, you cannot move no matter what until you fall asleep. I'm sure, I, actually, I don't know if this was on the podcast, but this, you know, this didn't give me a lucid dream, this gave me sleep paralysis. Uh, so, like, what happens in sleep paralysis when you, like, are staying still is, like, once you like, you're, you're like, you, I don't even understand it. Cause like, maybe I was dreaming, but it was as if I had woken up and I was in the room, like sleeping and I couldn't move my body. And when you can't move, your body kind of goes in this like perceptive threat mode. So it starts like kind of making up hallucinations of things. And so like, you kind of, usually what people see are like dark figures in like the distance. And it's, I've they, totally they, had that. You get closer and closer and they have like the red eyes and they like start like putting pressure on your chest and yeah. stuff. And then like. I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't sleep right for weeks after that, and I never tried to lucid dream again for like a couple of years until it happened like naturally. 
but it was messed up. I I thought I had told you that story before, but like the sleep paralysis thing. No, that's that's really scary. Like I've yeah. I've had that. I vividly remember like just like seeing like a shadowy figure like standing like by my door. And like you're, and you're trying to move and you can't in your bed and you're like uh. And the problem was that like uh, I I had like that such a vivid dream that one time and like every time I would go to bed. Like, for the rest of the month, I just thought of that because I was just in my room in that dream. Yeah, I so, know. So, like, every dream I had for the rest of the month started off with me thinking about that, like, terrified. Actually, this chain of dreams. <laughs> I was, I came out of my bed pissed at my brother because I was trying to call him for help and we were in the same room. And I, like, I must have been, like, a freshman in high school at the time. And I moved into my brother's bed. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I am, I am sleeping in your bed, Isaac. Mr. So, what was that like sleeping with your brother? I mean, how, how, how long did you sleep with him? Uh, probably all the way up till either junior or senior year in high school. Really? We shared a room. I mean, the same thing as sharing a, a college roommate just for uh, 17 yeah, years of your life. Yeah, it's way longer <laughs> time span. I can't imagine that. It's not, too. You just go to sleep or something. like. Liam, did you share a room with your brother? With Sean? For... A brief time. In childhood? It was like a... Some weird amount of time in like elementary school. But that was it. Sean's my favorite Instagrammer. Shout out to... Is he? His posts. Shout out to Sean Walsh. Shout out to Sean Walsh. When are we getting to get him on the podcast? Yeah, well, (laughs) dial Sean in. (laughs) We could. (laughs) Is he still growing that stash of his or did he shave it? He's always been a stash. It's still there. Nice. Yes, that's his, is it the same is it the same mustache or yeah I think so wow I don't know if it was ever tell him that I, I'm trying right now <laughs> I got it's been like many like a couple of weeks and I still just have like a very baby mustache it's coming in though it's coming in I couldn't like I start I tried growing out uh I mean I, I didn't intentionally try to grow out my chin hair but my chin hair is just nasty it's just like it's about like maybe twenty to thirty separate hairs that just grew out straight off my chin, and they like are very like spaced apart. So it's just very you could just like you get a tweezer and just pluck each hair out, and I'd be chinless or uh, chin hairless. Yeah, not by the hair, my chinny chin. <laughs> chin. The, it chin seems chin. like the way too much work goes into growing a beard for it to be worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, Ian's gonna Ian Harris is gonna be listening to this podcast as he strokes his beard, <laughs> smoking a cigar in Frick Park, like. <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Ian? Text me when you hear this. Weeks from now, or whenever probably you tomorrow. reach this, probably tomorrow. <laughs> next, next, uh, next journey. Yeah, I can't. I can't do the whole beard thing. I like it just. I know I you can't I can't grow it naturally. I'd have to do some sort of method where you like are regularly trimming it and like you take donors using beard balm. <laughs> donors. Can you like stimulate the growth of your facial hair? Just take some of the hair from your head and put it on your face. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just some like like uh, Elmer's glue, <laughs> and then uh, just, you know, just start pasting. Isn't that what LeBron James does? Is it? I've seen, there was like a video of him like that this season just... where like Anthony Davis is like pointing at his head and it's because like pointing at LeBron's head and it's because LeBron like a patch of hair fell off like a, like the front of his head and it like it was like stuck on like his like headband or something <laughs> and he like takes it and he just sticks it back on. <laughs> is that real I I, I, I I knew his like hairline was disappearing but I then didn't... it came back it came back when the when he lost the headband 
Yeah, I know. I know it came back, but I thought it was like you know, there's like hair implants. The man's rich enough to get anything he wants. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that happens. Like, rich people just grow their hair back. Yeah, you got to see like <laughs> those pictures of like Elon. Musk. Elon Musk is a big one. Elon yeah. Musk before and after he was rich. Like Elon Musk before he was rich looked like he was like a rat. Like <laughs> he was. Then he became wealthy and just like like got like hair plugs or something. Like he was like he had maybe like a. A total amount of like ten hairs per like square se- centimeter. He looked like someone who matches the name Elon Musk, <laughs> <laughs> the muskrat. Yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, Elon- Bezos too, but Bezos just like learned how to rock the bald head thing, I guess. Yeah, because he looked he looked very similar. He just looked yeah. like a very just like poor man, <laughs> and then he got rich. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Elon, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you look great uh, now. Uh, and you're welcome to be our guest. Yeah. I heard also the, because like, you know, like, because of this, uh, the whole virus that all these companies are shutting down and kind of like laying off their employees and stuff. And there's like some businesses where there's like very rich people at the top and they're asking for like public donations to like support their employees. And like, there's kind of like this public outcry because all these people are saying like, why, like, are you asking us to pay for it when like supporting your employees for a single year is like only like five percent of your total worth or something like that oh yeah that totally backfires on the uh yeah it's like it's it's ridiculous that they even ask such things like why would they not just do like why are they asking for like public support for this like there's like amazon like support amazon warehouse workers and then you're like jeff bezos is the richest man on this earth and he like won't pay like his employees for a year like and it would only take like less than a bit like a, a billion like less than one percent of his worth i think actually recently the twitter ceo donated like 33 percent of his total value to like virus like relief which yeah. is like a good a cool thing to do shout out to twitter i don't use it that much or at all i mean that's it's that's a lot but like he's gonna do fine i think he'll he'll live <laughs> But thir- I mean, thirty three percent is a lot. Like it's like always. Uh, it's like sometimes you'll see like these companies like pull together like a hundred million dollars for some kind of relief effort, and you like kind of add up the total worth of all these either all these people that have donated or all these uh, uh, like companies, and you're like, yeah, that's like point zero 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 one percent of like all the money that income that they have, or it's like, I mean, yeah, like certain actors donate like a couple million to wildfires. Or something and it's like nothing yeah like leo dicaprio donating to like climate change <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's well i mean i can't i can't say much because i'm not donating anything so i'm donating zero percent of my worth but also my my net worth is like twelve thousand dollars maybe so that's true but <laughs> then you could ask when is the point where you start donating you're always gonna think that like yeah, oh, I, I'm still just such like a like a bottom dweller. I just need to get to the next tier. Just gotta make a, another raise and then like yeah. When are you rich enough? To when are you rich enough to start giving to charity? Start giving to charity, Eddie. Gee man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it, it's got to start now. Josh, you should start donating your money. Yeah. The <laughs> your internship salary actually donate thirty three percent of it to COVID nineteen. I should start receiving donations. Should you? Yeah, 
Venmo Josh Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need I need the money. No, what what philosophy is yeah, that? Yeah, at what point should you start receiving donations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much? How little money? See, like my income is like zero, or actually it's a bit more than zero because I worked as a TA. But like, you should start sending me money. Do you so not get the uh, the stimulus check? I don't I, think so. I don't. I think I think college students are just in this, especially like, it's like if you're if you if your parents claim you as a dependent. That's my situation. Then you can't get the check, but also for your parents, if your child is over eighteen, then you can't claim them for this check. What? What do you mean? It's so like we can't claim it because we're as, we're dependents, or our parents filed us as dependents. Yeah, so we can't claim it for themselves. Or for and ourselves. the parents, some parents can't claim it because their child is over eighteen. Like you get more if you have children, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, you get tax returns if you have children, but this is a totally different thing. It's it's weird. So like, you just get no money basically. Who but, can claim it? I think so I should be getting my money. Twelve hundred. I'll be stoked if I get it. Yeah, I'm gonna s- spend that on a. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even. Know. Something. Probably get a switch. Something. Yeah. Yeah. A switch. Or you could donate it. Or I could donate it to COVID nineteen relief efforts. Honestly, donate it back to the government. <laughs> they, they need it more than we do. <laughs> yeah, they're in deep trouble right now. Like, I, there's that whole like face mask uh, crisis where or not. Cri- it's like. There's a U.S. company that is making masks and, like, they make them in foreign countries and there's other countries that have ordered those face masks and the U.S. was, like, redirect them to us because, like, this domestic production act or something in case of emergencies and all these countries are pissed off. But, so we're getting the masks now. It was, like, pirate. It was, like, people were mad, but we're getting the masks, I guess, because the U.S. is, like, screw all you other countries. Is there going to be, like, a black market from these masks? I don't, I don't know. Like, oh, no, I think they're respirators. I don't Because masks, like, you can make a mask with a t-shirt. Like, I don't know what, like, the p- big deal, like, the big frenzy is for masks, but. So the respirators are more important. The respirators, because like people, like, can't, some people, when they get, co- like, uh. When they actually get it. They can't breathe. Yeah. My brother got coronavirus, and he didn't have any issues, so, like, I know, I feel like genetically similar people like me will not have any issues, but other people, like, people that have breathing problems might not survive as well or have less likelihood as well apparently I, I, there's like uh, one doctor had this big complaint about like how like uh, obese people have like a much lower chance of surviving because like it's much harder to operate a respirator on their body but uh i also heard that yeah i mean there you're also as you as you're less fit and more, more obese, you're more prone to breathing problems. Yeah, it's hard. To there's like a lot, like there's like the fat on your body kind of pre- like puts a lot of pressure on your lungs, and the respirator has to work like twice as hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of issues. Yeah, because I mean Liam's so big, I'm sure he has that fear all the time when uh the respirator just the respirator can't work on you because you're just too massive. Yeah, that's the problem I've been having. <laughs> How exactly does a respirator work? I think it just pumps air into your lungs and like, it's like a breathing tube. I think. How far does it go? Like into your throat? Is it? I think it it has to go into your mouth, so probably down your throat. 
because I remember reading the article that like fat people <laughs> have a smaller like mouths, so it's harder to like. Sp- Wait, what? <laughs> it's like their ma- your mouth gets like a little bit smaller or something like that, and so it's just harder to sh- cram a breathing tube down their throat. Like, it's just, just got chubby cheeks. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of difficulties. So I mean, uh, start exercising now. I feel like they're painful because I, I. You probably remember this more than I do, but like when I when I had my. I mean, I when I had my hip surgery, I woke up and just like my throat hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was like the worst thing. I was like, "What you, you in don't, the world?" <laughs> yeah, because like when they put you under, you stop breathing because you, you just your whole body just forgets how to work. <laughs> uh-huh. All your muscles start, but like yeah, because like you wake up and because there's been this tube that was shoved down your throat, you feel like where they like put like how they put it in, how they pulled it out. It's just because they like they're rough with it and they just like I don't know if they're rough with it, but your, it just like I mean your throat's. Not totally meant for some Pretty plastic thing to jar. It's not, it's like maybe your like esophagus is used to like just random materials coming down it. But not your. But not like your windpipe. Not your so like it's parts. kind of, it's very like a, it's like a yeah. it's like a deep sore throat. Yeah. Kind of like in your trachea. It feels very unnatural. Yeah, it's not it's not pleasant, but like you know like you wake up and the surgery's done. You're, there's a lot more more worse pains to worry about post surgery. Yeah, At least that was just the first thing that I noticed. And yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is terrible. It's an odd experience. Yeah. I mean, that. Okay, I'm gonna hop off. I have some work to do. But to all the listeners out there, goodbye. Well. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long, Liam. Only Liam. It's been a pleasure. Only me. <laughs> He has. Oh, I guess I should end the meeting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bye. There's still Bye, time yeah. for there's still time for Landon to join. <laughs> no, it's it's over. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've moved. I mean, we haven't made the official announcement yet, but we've kind of moved our podcast to be Wednesdays post Star Wars Stuco. I don't know if that's official. I don't know if that's official. Just gotten lazy. It's yeah. It's it's just like the schedule is kind of loosened because of this thing. All like I don't know, like everything. All regular schedules have loosened. Uh. So, oh, did something turn off? Well, <laughs> Liam did. I think Liam's gone. And I think we we kind of intended for this to be a short one. Yeah, I think I think we we got our got our points across, communicated with the people, and uh, you know just talked and uh, had a good time sitting around in a yeah. circle, sitting on the floor of Eddie's room. Yeah, this is uh, our third studio so far. You know, first we had the cantina dining room, then we had the cantina living room, and now we have mm. Eddie's room. That's true. We'll see where this goes. This is temporary, for sure. Temporary. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not recording here all the time. You guys are barely guests here. In fact, yeah. when you guys barged in my room today, I told you to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't left for the past four hours. Yes. <laughs> as, as we were starting Star Wars Stuka. It's true. Okay. Well, I guess it's that time. It's that time. <laughs>